With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your HN Podcast Miller and Dace Edition, which this time of the year, they're all Miller and Dace Editions. And uh, Steve, you know, the Iowa spring practice concluded on Friday night with a scrimmage of sorts, certainly not a spring game, but a scrimmage of sorts. I would say, and you and I have talked about Iowa spring games in the past and what I take away from them. Well, first and foremost... um, did you get a chance to watch that on the uh, BTN to go app? Yeah, funny thing is, you know, says I'm been married for 20 years now, so or 21 years now, so uh, I have Friday nights available to me to watch spring football when you've been married that long, and I tune in, and lo and behold, I'm watching softball. Why? Softball. Do you know why? Why? Why, why is why is softball on? And, and I don't, don't you know. I got two daughters. I don't care, nor should I even have to. I shouldn't even have to put that qualifier in. Why is softball on and not the spring game of a football program? Yeah, it literally doesn't matter if it's program. Rutgers. doesn't matter if it's Rutgers or Indiana. Yeah, any, literally any program, but one that has been uh, consistently consecutive or consistently competitive in this league, with the you know exception of the last couple of years of Hayden and first couple of years of Ference. For going on a quarter, run on thirty years. Explain this to me. I don't understand this, John. What was the point of that? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe the uh, maybe uh, ladies' crew wasn't available. I don't know. I, I don't get that. I don't either. know. It seems to me if you're losing your big cable company, uh, and and I'm not convinced you are. I, I this kind of strikes. Well, me as it's a, it's out of foot. Sinclair kind of deal now. Yeah. You know, where you're arguing over rights fees. Okay. Right. right. Well, if that's the case, you know, there's a reason why when we were kids, when ESPN2 couldn't get on any cable systems, they started putting the Duke-North Carolina basketball game on that channel so they could get on cable systems, okay? So if that's the case, then, you know, I'd, I'd take, you know, all these spring games and put them on your main channel, particularly when you have national fan bases. I, I, I don't understand these programming decisions, it made no sense to me whatsoever. I, I don't like them either. And, and frankly, you know, I, I'd like to give them the benefit of some doubt with regards to, oh, well, we made a commitment that we were going to show XYZ, Olympic sports, you know, PDQ. But football is football. It's different. If you, if you want to air a softball game over the 108th replaying of the 2017 installation of Michigan-Ohio State's football game, I'm down with that. That's cool Mm because it's been six months. 
But when there's a spring game on that's available for a television window for you, I don't, I don't under any circumstance know why you don't air that, period. And, and really, in, unless Iowa is saying that because of the construction, unless there's like a construction zone issue or some real world technical issue that prevents you from doing it, which frankly, in today's day and age, I don't know that there would be. Uh, There's really not a a good explanation, a good enough explanation for, for a programming. It can't be just a programming decision. Can't be. Do you think, do you think maybe 10,000 people watch that softball game on the big 10 network in America? No, no, that's way too many. Yeah. That's, that's thousands, many more. I agree. Than watch that. I agree. Yeah. It's, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think uh, I, mean, I think tens of people watch that. I, I just would think if you're in the middle of a urination contest with your biggest cable distributor nationally and you want to show you're not a provincial network and they should be carrying you, um, I, I don't know why you're rolling softball on Friday nights instead of spring football with major major brands. It doesn't – that just – that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand some of the programming. And it's gotten better in recent years. You know, I used to do whole podcasts venting about this network. It has gotten better the last few years. I, I want to, so I want to say that it has gotten better. We're no longer inundated with the in studio hosts, the analysts on Big Ten football and beyond that like have no ties to the Big Ten at all. But Fox is dumping them on us so they can try them out like we're the minor leagues. Okay, we're not getting that stuff anymore. So it's better. I don't want to. I mean, the the game day show they're doing has really improved things. Overall, it's gotten much better the last few years. But that decision on Friday night of running softball instead of the Iowa spring game, that's that's straight out of 2009 BTN stuff right there. It made no sense to me whatsoever. And juxtaposed against Saturday morning when Nebraska had a two-hour infomercial on the BTN. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Your administration, I mean, your AD should have been fired like three years ago, but your administration should be losing their poop right now, losing it. That you're giving, I mean, I'm sitting here as we're ta- taping this on Sunday afternoon, I'm going back through watching the Penn State spring game again. You know, that's a part of the... That you are competing with them in the Eastern Seaboard for recruits. You have Nebraska sitting there as your natural border rival in your division, and they're getting you know Saturday afternoon, as you put it, infomercials. And you guys are on BTN to go. What in the Sam Hill is that? Your administration should be losing it over that. This is supposed to be your network, your promotional vehicle. What is that, John? I don't know. You know, if if I were actually a journalist, I might have asked somebody before we recorded this. But since I'm curious now, I'm going to ask a few people this week. I'm going to reach out to my folks I still know at the BTN. And I'll give Iowa Sports Information Director an opportunity to tell me that he doesn't know uh, as well. But I'm curious. Because the, the whole Nebraska thing, it didn't... It irritated me when I turned it on Saturday, although I was interested in watching the Nebraska spring game, and we'll talk about that some in in the Bigger Ten podcast that we do this week. But now I'm starting to get a little angry about it. 
and the, the farther away from I didn't even thought it about yet. that angle till you just said it, and I'm getting pissed. I'm not even an Iowa fan, all right? Because that's such a huge disparity. You know, I, I can't believe I didn't think of that angle on my own until you just said it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, dude, you're, you're right about that. That's a total injustice. You're right. What the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know. All right. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. All right. Let's... <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> Let's, uh, so the Iowa game thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, it happened. You know, part part of it too, or, or I wouldn't say part of it. I mean, Kirk Ferentz would be more than comfortable with none of their practices or anything being available to be seen by anybody but he and his staff. So would every coach in America. Right, right. But you have to embrace marketing, which, you know, they know that. You know, and then Kirk was talking after the the practice on Friday how they they had an official visitor in because kids can make take official visits now, in the springtime, and he's basically talking about it as if it's freaking like going and getting a wisdom tooth pulled. You know, I, I realize that may not be your preference or your choice, but you know what, you, your preference and your choices need to be changed and based upon that of your customer base. And in this instance, your customer base. Or the kids. Now, obviously, they had them in, so they did it. But, boy, don't don't go on and on about how you don't like it. I don't get that part. Um, you know, there's going to come a day. And, it, and we're closer to that day than we ever used to be. There's going to come a day, whether it's Brian Ferentz or somebody else. And the next guy comes in, and there's all these innovations, and they're doing all the things. It's all new school, all new age. And they go seven and five, and you're going to sit here and say, you know, there's really something to be said for the stodgy consistency, for the uh, for the adorable stubbornness of a guy like Kirk Ferentz. You know that day is coming. Well, you, I mean, dude, coming. I've been preaching that for years. I'm not saying like run the guy out of town because he doesn't like spring visits. I'm just saying. I know. That, I know. But, you, but I, I know. There's. But we're gonna. We're gonna. The, the day will come. It's a little bit like when your grandmother came after you with a rolling pin when you were little. You thought that was uh, she was a mean old hag. But then years later, when you had your own kids and you wanted to nail them with a rolling pin, man, she was an adorable old cuss. And you really liked that. She told you where you stood. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Things evolve. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I get it. Uh, As for the game, um, you know, Iowa has two. uh, Iowa has, I think more Amanis than any football program in the country. <laughs> Especially more defensive Amanis. And nice. both both of them uh really stood out. And you know, Rob Howell, HawkeyeNation.com's excellent beat reporter and one of the best feature writers that the state has. Uh and other people, I was, you know, following the tweets on Friday and seeing what everybody was saying as it was going along. Amani uh, Hooker, the safety, I, I, there were a lot of people throwing out some pretty profuse praise there. And also Amani Jones at linebacker. And we all know that Iowa needs some help at linebacker. And he looks like he's going to be the guy at middle linebacker this year uh, and bring some pain. Ba- the biggest news out of that event was that uh, another guy who had just been named one of the starting linebackers, because remember, Steve, a couple of weeks ago, we were wondering if I was going to have a linebacker rotation because that's what they were talking about. Um, 
Aaron Menz is likely going to miss the season with the knee injury that he suffered uh, late in, in, in spring practice. So Amani Hooker as a safety, Amani Jones as a linebacker stood out. But it also sounds like, and we talked about this a great deal a couple of weeks ago, it also sounds like interior, Iowa's interior against the run at defensive tackle, there's, there's good cause for question marks. And unfortunately, uh, that remains a concern and maybe even more so now than we thought. Indeed. You know, I read Rob's report, Rob Howe from Hawkeye Nation's report, and I think I've read 10 years of his spring game. And, you know, when they always have the open practice and mm-hmm. out here in Des Moines in August, um, I, I read those every time. Have they and, ever excited oh, you? Uh, no, which is why I read them all. Uh, I know that um, I know that he he shoots it pretty straight. Yep. And I actually thought overall, by Rob's standards, this was one of the more positive spring uh, reports I can remember reading in several years. Well, um, it, it didn't it didn't contain our our twos or most people's threes and our threes or most people's fours. Well, that's a good start. But stop me if you've heard this one before from Rob. I really think the offensive line might be a work in progress. Okay? Yes. So, uh, I mean, we hear that every spring, every August, and then, you know, every year they go out and the offensive line is anywhere from competent to great. And, you know, this was the Joe Moore awarding offensive line just two years ago. And, and I thought the way that he broke down the offensive line play. Now, I always say this when we talk about springs, you have to know while, while I, I do believe the framework of the team you see in the spring more often than not is the framework of what you will be in the fall. Now a framework means a framework, specific players will get better or worse, but specific areas tend to be at the culmination of spring tend to be who you are because you know, most teams don't have, you know, more than a few freshmen who there's playing and then there's having a significant role, making a significant impact. And so most of your roster is already there. Um, and, and so you, you, it is important, but I also think you have to be careful about drawing specific conclusions about players. So I, I think you need to look at your spring holistically for yes. your team. But be careful about drawing specific conclusions about players because you're going up against your own players. So, like, when when we'll get into this on the Bigger Ten podcast, watching the Penn State spring game, I, I, I thought, man, their offensive line's really getting push. And then that means nobody on their defensive front anywhere is getting any push. It's a zero-sum game, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about, well, this guy played really well at corner – well, he's going against your receivers. And so I think you have to keep that in mind when you're drawing specific conclusions. So we got, I thought overall, one of the one of the best spring reports I can remember Rob writing about the offensive line. But, but as you were just talking about some of the struggles with the defensive interior, we have to keep that in mind, right? Because that's who they're going against right now. And vice versa. Yeah, and something that Rob wrote, which stop me if you've heard this before. Um, Nate Stanley, Iowa quarterback Nate Stanley, was afforded time to throw, but his receivers struggled mm. getting mm-hmm. open. 
Yeah. Second verse, same as the first. Uh, cue that one up every year since like 2003. So that that's that remains an ongoing concern. And I, I agree with you. Iowa is going to at worst have an average offensive line every single year that Kirk Ferentz is there. Uh, they need to probably have a, a – this group needs to round into a much better than average group this year in order to keep things um, – keep things whole but they just don't show much in the spring and that's you know you asked me this a couple of weeks ago or we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and i told you that i don't know that the last three four years i've even cared to go seek out iowa's spring game footage i watched rob's highlights rob also makes it very easy for me not to have to tune in or go subscribe to the btn digital because he puts a a copious highlight package together for us yep so those of you that that are like me and you live out of the area and you didn't go and or you don't want to plunk down the 995 for the digital btn for whatever reason whether it's protest or whatever Rob makes it very easy to go to thehawkanation.com and watch it. So I do that, and I just – it's year 20. This is year 20, right, the Kirk Ferentz yeah, there? With, with, with a couple of exceptions. Brad Banks, Heisman runner-up year. Um, the 09 team, that was very talented but underachieved from a record standpoint. With a couple of those exceptions, the 4 team where they had to change the offense with Drew Tate in the middle of the year because of all the running back injuries, those three exceptions aside, isn't this pretty much the same team every year? By and large. It's it, pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same team every year, and then we just apply who they are to the schedule they're playing. Isn't that pretty much every year? Yes, that's pretty much it. And, and that's great, and I'll be tuning in. On Saturdays this fall, but honestly, I, mean, I think when we had the whole cut debate about Bethard and and Rudock a few years ago, and I went and looked it up, and under Rudock they averaged twenty six point eight points per game, or something, and under Bethard because the perception was and agreed that I watched all those games too. The perception was Bethard's a lot better than Rudock, and there was like a point or a point and a half per game total difference in the offense in games between which guy started. I mean, it's pretty much the same team with a few exceptions, the years we pointed out. And then it's just a matter of applying who they are to the schedule that they're playing. Yeah. So what? So Beth. So here's Rudock. In 2014, Iowa averaged 28.2 points per game. In 2015, they averaged 30.9. So they averaged a little it's more. about a point and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2016, whoa. 24.9. That, that dropped off quite a bit in Beathard's senior year. Yeah. And last year, Nate Stanley's fr- uh, sophomore year, first year as a starter, he averaged the exact same 28.2 that Jake Rudolph did in 2014 and then 26.3 yep. in 2013. So, yes, the recipe oftentimes is very similar. I'm just going back through these other years. It's amazing it's how, how similar that these are. But the defensive points allowed are also – awesome similarly which is how iowa competes so yes so this is not necessarily an infomercial for the big 10 whatsoever to go plunk down extra money to go watch iowa's spring practice if you have not go watch rob howe's highlights or highlights that other people have put together as well i'm not just sitting here shilling for hawkeye nation although it is our podcast and i'll shill if i want to show it's just iowa football 
It's just Iowa football in the spring. And like I said, to start this thing, I don't think Kirk would care if anybody was there. He'd probably prefer they didn't have an open practice. But that's my take on it. Uh, Max Cooper had a good year, or a good game, rather, as a receiver. But that is kind of a badge of ignominy as, gosh, Steve, over the last six or seven years, it seems like there's a 50-50 chance that if you're this break standout breakaway star receiver of Iowa spring practice, you might not even be on the roster come fall. <laughs> Don Nordeman, anybody? Oh, gosh. I, I hope they never fix this position only because you're <laughs> – <laughs> your laments about it they make me giggle i'm sorry but they do well you they know my me. favorite line i've had for years is you know if i'm a recruit if i'm a wide receiver recruit why do i want why do i want to go to iowa all i'm doing is running 40 yard wind sprints every snap and blocking Cheryl's hill ain't catching the ball pitch you guys are all gonna crush it on american ninja warrior in yeah. about 15 yep, years. Yep. You'll be, That's your recruiting pitch. Yeah, You'll be the most cardiovascularly advanced receiver at the NFL Combine invite in the unlikely event that you actually get invited to it. All right, I got to tell this story because now you have – you've inspired me. Okay, you have inspired me. Okay. Remember Rick Meyer? Yes. All-American quarterback in Notre Dame, number yes. two pick behind Drew Bledsoe, right? Yes. Okay. Three-time Heisman and, Trophy winner. And uh, he uh, – he was number one high school quarterback in the country in his graduating class from Goshen, Indiana. And both his parents were Michigan grads. And so Bo goes in there to, to, to visit him, thinks this one is a cinch. And it's Monday night football. And Jim Harbaugh is making his first start for the Chicago oh, Bears. Oh, jeez, it's all lining up. Yeah, and Bo, and Bo thinks this is a harmonic convergence, right? And he walks in, and Dan Deardorff is calling the game for Monday night football. Mm. All right. And Dan Deardorff opens with in the history of the NFL, there's been something like 28,711 touchdown passes. Exactly none of them have ever been thrown by a Michigan quarterback. And Bo turns to Rick Meyer, whose eyes are all big. And he's like, what the hell do I say? And he looks at the kid and says, and young man, you're going to be the first. That's how you got to sell your wide receiver spot right there. All right? Barrett's just got to roll in, roll in to all these houses. You're going to be the first. You're going to lay the trail. You're blazing the trail. You're going to be the one. You're the one. There you go. <laughs> Young man, you ever hear of Tim Dwight? No, who's he? Never mind. I wasn't born. Never mind. Who, who is that? Never mind. Yeah, never just mind. somebody I ran into the, to, at the airport that reminded me of you. But on another topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same as it ever was. I, I, I you know, at, at this point, okay. Uh, Peyton Mansell ran around. Apparently, looked looked like a guy that was improved at quarterback. Ran um, Spencer Petrus looks like a guy that's been there for two months. Uh, <laughs> I will move some defensive ends into defensive tackle. That's inspiring. Um. The punters actually looked well. There's your breakaway oh. news. Uh, Miguel Racinos looks like he was the number one guy. And please visit HawkeyeNation.com for all of your spring highlights and footage and anecdotes. And What's so funny about this 
is there's just as much of a shot. Your flippant breakdown of the team. And there's just as much of a chance in the in six months from now, they're going to be 11 and one as they're going to be seven and five. That's what's funny about this. That's why it's part of the reason I don't get worked up about it. You know, I, I they're going to win between seven and 10 games. That's just pretty much it. And that's obviously a big difference in how happy you are. You know, Steve, they're really just building for 2019. Okay. That's what they're building for. Okay. 2019 is the year. All right. That, let's let's go talk about wider arc things. Because um, I do want to talk about Nebraska. I want to talk about some things that I saw. And, and frankly, I want to talk about the embarrassment that continues to be the keepers of the Cornhusker flame. Uh, that is the largest pool of Nebraska fans on the planet. And those people happened to sit in the press box of Memorial Stadium, uh, the Nebraska media. So we'll do that and several other things on the Bigger Ten podcast installment this week. That'll do it for this one. Hawkeye Nation podcast. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.